It is the Sleepers Podcast. Greg Waddell, Carter Elliott. He just told me off camera, did you do something new with your facial hair? Because you look like Drew Timmy. And now I'm in shambles. Uh, the good news is Carter got teed up at his men's league game about an hour ago. So he's also in shambles. And here we are persevering collectively as a group. I am. I'm just happy to be back. I know we've been doing a lot of things, you know, after dark. We've been doing our unscripted stuff. And we've somehow neglected the root of who we are in Sleepers. So I'm excited to do a Sleepers only episode, also paired with an interview as well, which I'm very excited about. So I'm, I'm pumped up for this episode. Yeah, we got Braden Norris from Loyola coming on. Right now, he is our favorite player in America. I think that's safe to say. The dude is so damn clutch, and we'll talk more about it later. But if you haven't been paying attention to what he's doing, Loyola keeps getting themselves into these crazy games, and then Braden basically gets them out of it. Like, they've been down 10 in the first half against teams they should have blown out three straight times, and Lucas Williamson was great in one of them in overtime, and then Braden Norris has been ridiculous down the stretch of the last two Loyola survives. They're now in the top 25 for the first time this season. Uh, obviously, we're big Loyola fans, big fans of Drew Valentine, big fans of Braden Norris. So it was long overdue for us to get a Loyola player on the show. And uh, we got Braden for tonight. So can't wait for everybody to hear that. But first, as I speak into this microphone that is not working and is totally fake, by the way, uh, again, I'm playing, I'm playing through adversity right now, Cart. I want, like, I want you to acknowledge that. Like, I'm really, really pushing through some things right now. I, I appreciate that. But you literally could have pushed through. I feel like it kills a little bit of the adversity when you mention the adversity. I think I need you to just push through. That. So now I'm being Drew Timmy and Illinois. Is that what oh, you're telling me oh, right now? Okay. This is not the energy we need to start this episode with. You always fight through adversity. You podcast with me. Your whole life is adversity. That's true. All right. Uh, so we want to do... Just the question everybody wants to know the answer to right now. Who's the best team in the country? There's been like 19 different number one teams. Uh, people were hoping Auburn was going to get the nod for the first time this season. Didn't happen. Gonzaga is now number one. They might be number one the rest of the season because they're playing Santa Clara and Santa Claus every single week the rest of the year. Uh, I, I let's, let's break it down like this. Not who's deserving of number one. Who's the best team in America? Gonzaga. Gonzaga is the best team. Also, in number one. Because <laughs> I think Gonzaga is the best team in America to me. Okay, tell, I think me why. Plan- tell me why. Well, I well, first of all, just looking at their losses, I think that you know they came earlier in the season. I think through and through, this team to me has all the makings of a team to make a run in March. I love Neb Hart at the point guard position. I think he's perfect to make a run. He's perfect to either take over a game. I think he has the ability to do so. The ability to score but also has the ability to, I mean, having a lifeline like Drew Timmy, just to throw it inside, like, yeah, say say all you want if you don't like Drew Timmy, if you don't like the mustache thing, if you don't like any of that. But the fact of the matter is on a night-to-night basis, Drew Timmy goes 14 for 16 from the field with 25-plus points and gets you probably seven or eight rebounds on top of that. And then if all else fails, you have guys like Chet Holmgren. I still think freshmen like Nolan Hickman can come on, Hunter Salas as well. Uh, I just like the makeup of this team. And we talk about, or you have mentioned like teams like Purdue getting over that hump and like getting to the final four. I think it's time for Gonzaga to finally get over the hump and win a goddamn title. Like they get there, they never win. It's time. It's time for them to win a title. I'm still picking them as the best team in the country right now. Here's the thing. Last year was their time to do that. Like I, I think objectively last year's team was better than this year's Gonzaga team. Do you agree or do you disagree with that? Oh, you know, 
I don't I don't know. I think it'd be an argument. I mean, yeah, you have you had Suggs, Kispert, Timmy. You could you could stop it right there. They had Suggs. You they could did. have ended the sentence right there. That team had Jalen Suggs, and this. Well, I think I think Chet is better than Suggs. This year's team has Rasir Bolton, where Jalen Suggs was, and we've talked about it. Like you, at some point, Rasir Bolton is going to just be Rasir Bolton, and it's going to bite Gonzaga. Uh, look, I yeah, this team does have Chet, but as much as you and I love Chet, Chet's a role player right now, and I don't know if that gets figured out. Like that speaks to how absurd Gonzaga is that Chet Holmgren is a role player for them. But, like, his production is not great for a college player. Like, set aside Chet Holmgren's standards. Like, he is a role player for this Gonzaga team. And he'll put up some great numbers in the WCC. That conference is better than normal. But, like, I think this team's going to go into March with a one seed with answers that, like, Drew Timmy can go for 30 any night. But beyond him and Nemhard, do you really trust anybody else on that team right now? No, I mean, Nevhard, Timmy. I trust those. Right. And I guess Nevhard and Timmy could win a national title. Those two alone are good enough, especially with the surrounding parts. But like, I, that's where I struggle with Gonzaga is just like, I think last year was the year. I think this team is very good. I don't think they're going to unlock chat the way they need to, to actually get over the hump. Okay. Here's how I'll counter that point though. This is what I will say. If you want to say the Gonzaga team is not as good as last year's, I also don't think that, let's say they match up with a Baylor team. I don't think Baylor is as good as last year's Baylor team. I think that teams coming from last year aren't as good as that. I think if you took last year's Baylor team, they would be the best team in college basketball right now, is what I'm saying. I don't think that there's a a level of a team that is like Baylor from last year that could really, you know, I mean, this year's team, this year's Baylor team is good. Don't get me wrong, but I think last year's is better. Yeah. So I think that's an important conversation to have and a distinction to make between what we're trying to do here, because overall the top of college basketball is behind where it was last year. And when we say that, we just mean Baylor and Gonzaga last year, it was Baylor and Gonzaga, everybody else this year. It's everybody else. Like there is no clear number one. We can make an argument for 10 teams right now that they're the best team in the country. And I wouldn't roll my eyes at you. Like legitimately every team in the top 10, Uh, except for Houston because they're hurt and except for Wisconsin because they're Wisconsin has an argument that they're the best team in the country right now. Mm. I, I don't think it's fair to evaluate Baylor based on like, they're not last year's Baylor just because like, uh, man, of course they're not, they don't have Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler. Those two were freaks, but like what they do have this year is Kendall Brown and Jeremy Sochan who are killers in a way that last year's Baylor team didn't have on the wing at all. Like this is not an NFL tight end anymore. Now it's some NBA lottery picks playing the four for Baylor. True. I mean, yeah, true. But also, I mean, what Mark Vidal did for that team was just perfect because they had the guards of Jared Butler, Macy Oteague, and uh, Damian Mitchell. Like, yeah. that's perfect. Can you can you imagine if Kendall Brown was in Mark Vidal's role on last year's Baylor team? Though? Oh, my God. Oh, shit. I mean, That'd yeah, be different. Um, so I – if I had to answer that question, who's the best team? My answer is Baylor for the record. Okay. Um, and that's, that's a great point. Greg, that's the thing though. Like I'm not even, I'm not bad at that. You could, like you said, you could have said five different teams and you could make an argument for them. Like Baylor still is good. And Baylor also, I'll let you go. I didn't mean to cut you off, but Baylor is also not healthy. I think when Jeremy Sochan gets back too, he's a big, big piece of that team and his role was starting to increase. So it sucks that he's injured, but this, this Baylor team is still really goddamn good. 
Yeah, it's Baylor when Baylor plays to their ceiling, I guess I should say, because Baylor's off of two losses. The Oklahoma State loss is inexcusable. Oklahoma State's horrible, in my opinion. I know you're a little higher on them than I am, but like that's a loss that the best team in the country should never take at home. Mm -hmm. And they did. Uh, and they were hurt. Like Akinjo was in and out of the game for stretches, but I, I don't care. The guys they had, they should have won that game. So I right now, Baylor's not playing like it at all, but I think they can get back to it, and I think they will get back to it. Uh, the team that is playing really well right now is Auburn, even though they kind of had to come back against Ole Miss. That's the team everybody wanted to see, number one. Do you buy Auburn? I, I do, but the reason I don't fully buy Auburn is because I feel like they are – they're fun, and I think that's what everyone brings it into. They're a fun team. You have a lot of talent on that team. Don't get me wrong. Guys like Katie Johnson, love them, Wendell Green, fun as hell, top three pick in Jabari Smith. I like the team, Flanagan as well. But for me, I feel like Auburn's floor, like when they're playing at a high level, it looks great. But also, like, if Wendell Green's jacking shots from 50 feet and they're not going in and, like, these other guys are just jacking trays, sometimes they take some ill-advised shots. I don't know. It's it's just like, eh, you know, they, having that one-off night, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a uh, their, – their ceiling is very low, if, if that makes sense. You mean I'm sorry, not ceiling, their floor. Their floor is very low. Yeah, for sure. I, I think Auburn is, like, the fun, cute – girl at the bar that like is new to the friend group and walks up and everyone's kind of like oh damn like that girl's awesome like we got to hang out with her more and then like three weeks later it's like what were we all seeing in her like you, you've spent enough time around her that it's like okay there's some things going wrong here um that to me like auburn's the flavor of the month right now that's great we've done this before with like seven other teams this year where it's like they're number one they're clearly the best team and then they lose instantly to some bombs. Like if Auburn had actually been named number one, they play Georgia next game. I would have put my life savings on Georgia money line. Like in my opinion, they're lucky that they're avoiding the number one thing for a while. Let them hang out at number two and just see what they can do in SEC play. See if they can work their way to a number one seed. I love Auburn. I think Kessler and Jabari Smith, the best front court in the country. And I think I'm higher on Wendell Green than you are. We'll talk about that in just a minute. No, but I'm, no I'm pretty, I'm pretty high on Wendell Green uh, for for a couple of reasons. One, I think Wendell Green thinks he's the best player on the floor. I think every Auburn player thinks they're the best player on that Auburn team. Like you ask them all, Katie Johnson's going to say he's the best. Flanagan's going to say he's the best. Jabari's going to say he's the best. And that makes for good. But also, you know, you talk about issues with teams like Purdue and who's that guy having too many guys. I, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I think Auburn knows though. Like, well, you think they know? Maybe Auburn doesn't know. Maybe they would all answer the question the way you said it. But the bottom line is the guy who will have the ball in his hands is Wendell Green, and Wendell Green ain't passing that shit up, which is not what Purdue has. Purdue has Eric Hunter bring the ball up. Do you do you hate that though? Do you hate not do you hate your lottery pick, your potential number one pick, no. not having the ball? No, because Wendell Green deserves the ball. We've okay. seen, we've right. seen that enough. Like, and we'll see. Like, I think it's a good mix to have the guy who's the best player in the country in Jabari Smith mixed with the guy who's going to win the Sean McNeil heat check player of the year. <laughs> like that's a really good dynamic to have. And I think they like that dynamic too. This doesn't seem like some infighting. Um, right. Whereas like with Purdue, like I can see Jay Nivey getting more frustrated as the mm -hmm. game's gone. And uh, we should probably quickly mention Purdue beat Illinois today. Uh, it took two overtimes because Matt Painter was drawing up elevator screens for Sasha Stefanovic instead of giving the ball to Jay Nivey. 
Uh, he had Zach Eady on the bench in key stretches down the stretch, and Zach Eady was unstoppable today, and Travion didn't really have it. You love Travion. Do you view this win as Purdue getting their mojo back? Uh, I do, because the one thing I saw today was Purdue locking in on the, on the defensive end, and that's the, that's the part of the game where they got up like 13 to 15 points, and I thought they were playing extremely well, and they were extremely engaged on the defensive end. Um, and I thought this game honestly could have got out of hand if guys like Travion were hitting more shots and Jay Nivey was hitting shots as well. I think at a point, Jay Nivey was like one of eight, one of nine from the field. He's getting most of his points at the free throw line. So, you know, a uh, good win on the road by them. And I was, I liked what I saw from Purdue today, especially on the defensive and effort end. Yeah, I I just always get left with a bitter taste in my mouth with Purdue. I don't know what it is. Like, I – I don't know. I don't the, know. The, the, the tweet I sent earlier today was perfect. It's like a half drawn horse and like the perfect part of the horse is like the first part of the game. But the last like minute of Purdue of halves is just like an awfully left-handed drawn horse with like weird eyeballs. Yeah. But like the thing is, I, I trust Matt Painter with my life. Like you've heard me go on do record you? And say, yeah, you've heard me go on record and say, Matt you said you went on record and said that before the year has anything that has transcribed throughout this year have you second guessing the thought that you would trust Matt Payne with your life I mean yeah but like I guess I keep making excuses for him I feel like I'm the spouse of like an addict right now that I'm just like like oh he'll get it together like I can change him like I don't know like he I, maybe he is maybe he's doing some shit in the regular season he won't do come March and like he's got to balance a lot of egos on his team a lot of talent like the way he handled Travion in the preseason with Travion being as humble as he was, like that's a win for Matt Painter. But at the same time, like you also got to get Travion on the court. Like it's just, it's a, it's a harder challenge than I think any coach in the country has this year, how to handle Edie and Williams and Ivy, because I've said this over and over and over again, Ivy's the best guard in the country. Ivy, not Ivy. Ivy is the best guard in the country. And you also have the most unstoppable force in the country in Zach Eady. And then you have the guy everyone assumes is Purdue's best player in Travion. And like only one of those two can be on the floor at the same time. So like, if you're going to have Zach Eady in the game down the stretch, especially today with Kofi Coburn in foul trouble, how does the ball not go to Zach Eady? You know what I mean? Yeah, true. Did you also notice, I don't want to like stir the pot or like look too deeply into it today. There was a couple possessions in this game where Travion and Ivy looked like they weren't on the same page. Like Ivy wanted the yeah. ball, he wanted the screen, and Travion wanted it in the post. They were like kind of like waving each other off or waving each other. It, it looked like, I mean, obviously it's nothing, but it's something I did notice that Travion wants it in the post all the time. And there was a couple of times where Ivy's like, I got Curbelo on me, like just get out of the way and let me go. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I, I can't imagine what it would be like to coach through this because, it, again, you said it last week, it's – an abundance of talent. It's a great problem to have, but I think it's a puzzle that no coach has really had to solve in a really, really long time. Um, because again, Travion, like you don't get the best version of Travion if Travion doesn't have the ball in his hands. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. they need to have everyone play off of him. They need to be like hunting back cuts. So Travion can hit you with that. No look pass. It doesn't work to have the ball in Jave Nivey's hands for Travion. But you have to have the ball in Ivy's hands. Like, it's that's the hard part for me is I don't think they're ever going to get to a point where it makes sense the way other Matt Painter teams have. Like, at least in the past, it was like Carson Edwards is going to have the rock. Right. And 
this year, like, I, imagine what if Carson Edwards was on this team with this front court? Like, do Edie and Travion ever touch the ball even? Like, yeah, it, probably, probably not, to be honest. Probably not. And that's, I guess, at some point, maybe like Ivy needs to take that selfish next step in a way. And maybe the frustrations are kind of showing him, hinting at that a little bit. But I don't know. They won today. Bottom line is like, they don't need to figure this out to be the best team in the Big Ten. Um, I think they need to figure it out to win six straight games in March, but it was good to see them uh, as an objective onlooker. It was good to see them not fall three games behind Illinois because that would have been extremely annoying and bad for Michigan State for you and the Spartans Big Ten Champions. Good one on the road. So uh, speaking of Michigan State, if people want to hear our full thoughts on Michigan State's debacle of a loss to Northwestern without Pete Nance, I repeat, without Pete Nance, you can listen to that on Unscripted on the Field of 68 uh, YouTube channel. We did that with DK from Spartan Hoops. We filmed it over the weekend. And in my selfish opinion, it's the best episode we've done so far because Carter is at his best when you get to see the full range of emotions from Big Cat. And we've only seen a lot of, you know, gloating, asking Siri, why would teams ever lose, et cetera. It was good to see him back in his true form of a man with high highs and low lows, kind of like Auburn, Carter. Yeah, I was I was about to say it's it's like it literally is half episode, half therapy session. I was I was in shambles. Yeah. So so head on over, uh, unscripted on the field of sixty eight. You can watch it on Twitter or on YouTube. Um, Michigan thoughts. We're just we're gonna skip those. Can we do that next week? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. Honestly, we need a full, a full, a full go. <laughs> yeah, a full go. That's fine. Full, yeah. We'll uh we'll we'll save that for next week. But just know, Wolverines. We're we got our eyes on you, okay? Yeah, I like to see a little heart there in the Illinois game. That was solid. Moral victories. We'll take Give it. Give us something to talk about. Maybe we will. We'll take it. Uh, all right. We did want to do this before we get Braden in here. Uh, I asked you to make a list of your 10, I don't want to say clutchest players, but th- this is the 10 players you would most want with the ball in their hands in a tie game with 10 seconds left. That's how I viewed this list. So I have a list of 10. You have a list of 10. I'd like to compare and kind of criticize each other's lists, if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, why, why don't you go first and take us from 10 through 6? 10 through 6. Okay. Do you want me to – are we switching? Like I say 10, you say you 10? Or am you I going to give you go, you go 10 through 6, then I'll go 10 through 6, and then we'll alternate our thought five. Okay. So 10 through 6 for me, I got Andrew Nebhard. Max Aismas, Baylor Shireman, Braden Norris, Marcus Sasser. Who is Baylor Shireman? Baylor Shireman is a South Dakota State player. I know you saw his highlight this year. He brought it between the legs against Washington State and smacked a three for a game winner. That's the only reason he's on this list. He made the defender fall. Wow. Okay. I don't. I legit don't even know who that is. Marcus Sasser included, even though Marcus Sasser's out for the year. That's sad. Yeah, I, I I assumed uh, healthy on this list. I want Sasser with the ball in his hands. I think he's a killer. I am really bummed we don't get Marcus Sasser this year because Me too. he may have been number one on my list had he been fully healthy. Uh, yeah, I don't really have any nitpicks in that that five. That's a solid group. I'll give you my five. Actually, can you repeat yours again real quick? Because the, the one thing I will nitpick, I don't have any of your players on my list. You don't? Oh, so I had Andrew Nebhard, Max Aismas, Baylor Shireman, Braden Norris, Marcus Sasser. Okay, I have Braden Norris. Braden Norris is on my list. Uh, none of the others are. I am surprised you have Nemhard on there. I think Nemhard's great. I don't know that I like trust him. Uh, 
I, I, I honestly, he's 10 and I was, for some reason I was black and I couldn't, I was struggling with 10. You're probably going to say somebody who I would add to my list, but at the time I was just kind of, he came to me. You're going to hate my 10, but I'll, I'll give okay. you my 10 through six here. Number 10 is Colin Gillespie. Number nine is Jacob Young from Oregon. Number eight is anyone at Davidson. Number seven is Buddy Beheim, And number six is Bryce Aiken. Okay. Love Bryce Aiken. I would throw Bryce Aiken. Love Jacob Young. Colin Gillespie. Uh, how, uh, okay, let's do, let's do a quick thing on Gillespie versus Nemhard. Would you rather have Nem? You, you trust Nemhard in a tie game with 10 seconds left more than you trust Gillespie? Yes. I don't think I do. I think Colin Gillespie is a good to great player who disappears when the going gets tough. See, I think he swung that narrative in the last month. You think? Okay. Yeah, because I, I think he was the single reason why Xavier even came. Is Xavier? Sorry, I always messed that up. He's the single sole reason why Xavier even came back. I don't know. I bet on Z- or on Villanova enough to know like he's made some major moments and it's not flashy. It's not like he's hit. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's front back. running right now playing the likes of oh. DePaul. Can we have a discussion about how ass the big East is? It's overrated. They're fake tough guys. We're going to hard disagree on this. I still think the big East is the best conference in the country. Nah. Yeah. They're better than the SEC. Seton Hall, Xavier, UConn, Creighton. Seton Hall has been losing their ass off. They've been hurting with COVID. Just saying, they have been. They've been, they've been losing. It is what it is. Ooh, 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 ooh. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Um, I, look, Gillespie will get to the line at a bare minimum, or he'll make a good pass. Like that, Nemhard. I don't know. I don't trust Nemhard yet. Maybe that'll come back to bite me. But um, all right, yeah. Who else on my list from that? Do you have problems with? It was again Gillespie, Jacob Young, anyone at Davidson, Buddy Beheim, Bryce Hake. Uh, the only reason I don't like Buddy is because is Buddy really a get your own shot type of guy? Yes. He is. It doesn't strike me as that. I think Buddy's arguably the most get-your-own-shot guy in the country. Okay. Uh, now, Syracuse stinks, so, like, let's preface it with that. But he – like, if you need someone to make a play who's just guarded, Buddy is the number one guy on my list. Like, he will hit a guarded shot better than anybody else in the country will. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Uh, no questions on anybody from Davidson? No, not really, because I think all those dudes can do it. Okay. Bob McKillop, shout out on that one. Uh, all right, let's 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 go through our top fives. You give me your number five, then I'll give you my number five. Uh, number five, I have James Akinjo. Wow. Again, not on my list. Uh, you trust James Akinjo like that? I, uh, to go get a bucket? Yeah, I do. I think, I think he's I, – I think he's literally wired to do that, but he's – they kind of took a couple – cut a couple wires to make sure he chills out a little bit for Baylor. But I think that he is trained. He's TTG trained to go and trained to go get buckets. You know how last year we did the whole, who's actually the best player on Baylor thing. And everybody thought it was Jared Butler. And we were like, no, it's Davion Mitchell, which looks great in hindsight, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who's the best player on Baylor? Who's the best player on Baylor? Or I guess in the Baylor backcourt, because we need to preface that. Akinjo. Over Flagler? Yes. Okay. And I don't think it's close, to be honest. I think I got to pay more attention to Kinjo, to be honest. I've given a lot of my Baylor love this year to the other guys in that backcourt. I'm not giving it to him. Uh, okay. Kinjo's got an argument for first-team All-American this year. Okay. Rob Doster. All right. Um, my number five, Jared Roden. 
This is the second Seton Hall player in my top six card. Yeah, I'm not mad. I, yeah, I'm not mad at that. The best singular shot in America is a Jared Roden pull up to this year. That I disagree with. That I've seen, I would rather take that unless it's like a Zach Eady post hook against a six seven guy. I trust Roden with my life on a little pull up too. I really love trusting people with your life. We might need to talk about that. Is that my thing? Yeah, it's way, it's way you're giving it out way too easy. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm at, Seton Hall is going to be the team that I end up trusting way too much this year. Just a warning to everybody listening. Like I'm going to pick them elite eight at least. I just, I love Roden Aiken so much. I'm not mad at that. They're two and four in the Big East right now, and I can't get off of them. Um, all right, who's your number four? Uh, Ochai Abaji. Thought about him. He, he's honorable mention. He's probably number 11 for me. Yeah. It, when I got into my top, like, three, top four, my criteria was you had to be a three-level scorer. So you're not going to be in there if you're not a three-level scorer. I love Carter Elliott coming up with his own criteria for things like this. That's fantastic. Like that. um, okay. Agbaji, like, he should be a first-team All-American probably, right? Yeah. He's not going to be, Nobody, like, the quote-unquote, they don't love you like that. Like, that's that's kind of happening with Agbaji right now. Only because, only like Sweeney said, he doesn't have Buddy Heald's teeth. That's true. Maybe If Kansas, like, runs away with the Big 12, maybe he'll get a little more love. But he has been fantastic. Uh, all right, my number four is Braden Norris. Killer. Killer. I, I got no yeah, killer no, straight nothing up. Nothing else needs to be said. He, he's my number four. He was what, number nine for you? Uh, he was number seven. Number seven, yeah. Number four for me. Okay. So we right now, that's the number one guy we agree on, Braden Norris. Mm-hmm. It's yep. a good thing. You're number three. Johnny Juzang. Okay. He's my number two. I'm going to reverse yeah. order. Johnny Juzang is my number two. I like that. Johnny Juzang is killer. Three-level score. And you, hey, when, when it's time to make a shot – Johnny's he's going to get the ball. Let's do the quick UCLA discussion because they're they're sleepwalking. They just lost to Oregon, and like I I'm going to stand for Oregon. I still think Oregon's really good. Um, it just took them a month to figure out how to do all the transfers that they brought in. But are you buying UCLA at this point? It seems like everyone's counting them out as like a serious contender. No, I still think they're a serious contender. Honestly. Um, I think that you still had the likes of Juzang. I think that Oregon game was just you were playing an Oregon team that was absolutely needed a win more than life itself. Arena's empty, coming off a of COVID pause. You get absolutely nothing from Jaime Jaquez. Uh, guys like Tiger Campbell didn't really have a good game. No one had a good game except for Johnny Juzang and Peyton Watson, which was good to see, by the way. I think that bodes well for them moving forward. I think more Peyton Watson, less Jules Bernard is how you unlock the greatness of this team. Bernard. I love Jules Bernard. Huh? I love Jules Bernard. You do love Jules. I yeah. I'm, I'm say, I mean, his name is Jules Bernard. Like, what are we yeah. doing? And that's and that's besides the fact that if he wasn't left-handed and his name wasn't Jules Bernard and he didn't wear short shorts, no one would like him. That's probably true. So I yeah. do you think UCLA is just like like they don't care? That's my read on this right now is they could not care less about like mid-January basketball in an empty arena. Maybe. I mean, it, it would make sense, especially in the Pac-12. Like, it's gotta be tough to get up for some of them Pac-12 games, man. Hundred percent. Like if if you've made a final four and then you come back and you're playing, I don't even know who, like Washington State. Oregon State. 
Yeah, Washington State at 11.30 p.m. Eastern time on a Tuesday. Like, I would sleepwalk. I think that's what this is. I don't think they care. And I think they'll flip the switch in mid-March that will remind everybody this team's a top two talented team in the country. We'll see. Yep. They're my number one preseason card. That doesn't look oh. very good right now. But yeah. Stand by. Uh, okay, I gave you my number two was Juzang, so we'll just we'll stick with that. Um, I'll give you my number three next. Give me your number two. My number two is uh, Benedict Matherin. Yeah, you really are doing the three-level scorer thing. I thought about him too. Him and him and Agbaji were my honorable matches that didn't make it. Um, Man, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I am pretty upset that Matherin didn't make it. That dude's a killer. He's a killer, but like. He's a killer, not in a way that I expect if they're in a tight game. Like, I don't expect him to go get the bucket one-on-one when needed, if that makes sense. Maybe Ooh. I'm wrong on that. But, like, I that's kind of how I view both him and Agbaji. Like, if they're going to make – they might make the play. They might, like, get a strip at midcourt for a runaway dunk. Or they might, like, finish the play that someone else sets up for them. But, like, if it's just, like, iso ball, get out of the way, like, I don't think I trust Ben Matherin right now. Mm. At least not on the level of these other guys in my top ten. Like I would okay. love to have Ben Matherin, but all right. So who's your three? My number three is Wendell Green, Marvin. Okay. I, this is gonna sound bad, but the fact that your go-to bucket is five nine kind of kills it. How many times this season, though, already has he had the En Fuego mode takeover? Like seven? Oh, yeah. I, it's, I, it's heat like, check player of the year. Happen? Don't know if that's guy won the ball down the stretch of the year. You, you don't want Wendell Green's possibility of going heat check mode. So how come Sean McNeil's on your list? Because Sean McNeil's been poor this season. <laughs> Turns out Sean McNeil may have needed like Oscar Shibwe and uh, some other guys in order for him to flip his heat check switch. Okay. Uh, which is why Wendell Green works because they have those other guys like we talked about. Yeah, I'm not. Hey, I'm not mad at all. Shout out Window Green, Michigan product too, by the way. We did different things with our list, and that's boring, Carter, as he yawns as we get to the end of this. Uh, but even though we did different things, I think we're going to end with the same number one. And I'm going to be pretty upset if we don't. Who's your number one? Johnny Davis. Johnny motherfucking Davis. Johnny motherfucking Davis. It, it don't matter what we do. Uh, I, honestly, this is a good question for you. Uh, last year we started, I, at least I started referring to Johnny Juzang as Johnny Tsunami down the stretch. Is, is Johnny Davis about to take that torch from Johnny Juzang? Is John, if you had to pick one light skinned Johnny to start a team around, are you thinking Juzang or Davis? It's so tough because Juzang is so much further ahead on vibes, which are like, that's a big thing for me, you know? That is true. Like I like no disrespect to John. I'd much rather kick it with Johnny Juzang. Hundred percent. Like, but does that lead to winning basketball in January? No. But like, maybe it does in March. Right. Also, not not necessarily concerned about winning for me. Vibes also can sometimes take over winning because if you win with Johnny Davis, the vibes are off. What's the point of winning? Yeah. That's speaking for me personally, because I'm not actually playing. I'm about the vibes. I'm not about, I'm not about winning at this point. I'm all about the vibes. Yeah, I don't know. I like I'll say this. I think there's gonna be a point in the year where Johnny Juzang 
has like a oh we forgot about the other Johnny moment. Right now it's all Johnny Davis. Honestly, we need Johnny Juzang versus Johnny Davis in the tournament. That would be a that would be a movie. movie. That would oh, that just screams to me the game that like everybody picks UCLA by eleven and then Wisconsin wins and on a Brad on a and it's a Brad Davidson thirty ball, <laughs> Brad a, a Tyler Wall triple double. That dude, Wisconsin's good though. That's the thing; they really yeah. are. They're just lurking. They're eighth in the country right now, and nobody takes them seriously. Still, they have maybe the best player in the country. Yes, they agree. and if and as of late, Tyler Wall, like all jokes aside, he's been playing extremely well. Yeah, I think Tyler Wall would be – Tyler Wall is probably the second best player on UCLA right now. If you flipped him? Hell no. He's better than Jaime Jaquez? Yeah. Uh, right no, now, we just watched no. Jaquez go one for 11. I don't care. Stop, Greg. I don't care. I, 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 I don't think people take Tyler Wall seriously. This is why Wisconsin's lurking. This is – this is going to make me end up being a Wisconsin backer, and I hate it. I hate it, but no one no. Please, for the love of God, no. No one gives them the credit they deserve, Cart. I give them – we give them all types of credit. We just put Johnny Davis number one. Yeah, but that's – it's a difference between saying Johnny Davis is getting credit versus Wisconsin is getting credit. Wisconsin is more than just Johnny Davis. Wisconsin right now is the what team in the Big Ten? Second best. That's what I would say. And they, they, took, that, they, they took that torch from Illinois today. Yes, I think it's Purdue, Wisconsin. Do you have any words for Kofi Coburn before we move on to Brayden Norris? <laughs> hey, man, the game's the game, bro. You're a good player. You're in my top ten, but whoo, Zach Eady. Eat him up, man. Boy, took you to school. It is what it is. It happens. We all been there, but you know, you get your credit. You got to take that, but you got to take the bad with it. Zach Eady, he took your lunch money today. It is what it is. Yeah, a big uh, obstacle for those of us who were saying Kofi Coburn is still the national player of the year. Doesn't look so great today. I'm starting to think that Kofi is like, he's great. Don't get me wrong. Like, he works in college basketball, and he is a first-team All-American, despite what I'm about to say. Kofi Coburn is the bully that, like, all the adults keep saying, like, why don't you pick on someone your own size to? That's Kofi Coburn. Like, if every other center in the country was as big as Kofi Coburn, Kofi Coburn is a non-factor. Is that fair? Yeah, he's got got size – and that's it. Like, if you match his size, like today, you see what happens. He doesn't have a counter. He doesn't have anything to – he doesn't have a plan B. He's got a plan A. I'm bigger than you and I'm stronger than you. Take that away. It doesn't look as great. And that's, to me, the most stark difference in that game today was not just that Zach Eady's bigger. Zach Eady has counters. Like, yeah. Zach Eady is skilled. Zach Eady has hands. He can finish over both shoulders. He has a drop step. He has a little up and under move. Like Catches, catches everything. He can fit. He shoots well from the line. Like to me, honestly, I'm going to start it. it you, I think I texted it to you earlier. I'm going to start it. I'm starting the Zach Eady for 2023 national player of the year campaign. I'm starting it right now. Is, I love this. Is he going to do it playing 20 minutes a game? He's going to play 28 minutes a game cart. I think, I think Zach Eady right now could play 25 a game. I've never seen the dude be gassed. And Purdue fans can tell me if I'm wrong. If you listen to this, I know we have a couple Purdue fans that interact with me on Twitter. Like, 
please tell me if I'm wrong. I have never seen Zach Eady look gassed and need to come out of a game. Yeah. I, I shit. I really haven't either. I think we make too much out of like the, Oh, he's, he doesn't have the stamina. Like they get a TV timeout every four minutes in college hoops. Like, yeah, well, I, I necessarily don't think they're really even taking him out because he's necessarily tired. I just think it's a straight up like for logistical, like for logistics, like keep him fresh, just rotate him. Right. Well, like it's, they could they could they could play longer stretches, obviously, but no, it's because him and Travion can't play together. Like it is what it is. But that if, I, if we really want to start a discussion, I want to start one that they can play together. Ooh, I really think they can. Travion damn near wants to be a like, guard anyway. Could you imagine the high low? I mean, they could. They would have to run only high low, though, is the thing, because you lose all spacing and like Edie. You literally just need four dudes that can shoot around Edie. I don't know. For some reason, I like. I'm gonna stay up late tonight and try to figure out a way to make that work. <laughs> I like it. Get the whiteboard out. And try yeah, to I am. Like, I'm just, like my wife's gonna be like, "Come to bed." And I'm like, I, "I need a minute. I gotta finish this." <laughs> I'm just saying though, like. In all seriousness, I, I want to go on record. I'm not bullshitting. I think Zach Eady is going to win National Player of the Year next year because they're going to lose Ivy and they're going to lose Travion. They're going to bring back these other promising up-and-coming dudes, and it's all going to be centered around Edie. He's going to play as many minutes as he can. He'll probably play actually like between 25 and 28 minutes, and if he does that, the dude might average 34 and 14. I swear to God. Like – I cart this the only thing I've ever seen on a basketball court that reminds me of Zach Eady, and it was at the NBA level. It was Yao Ming. Like Yao Ming was that big, but he was also a skilled basketball player. And like, there's has there ever been someone in college like like this is Kenny George? You know what I mean? You you just pulled a John Ross thing though with that Yao. So much so much Yao Ming and Zach Eady. I, look, I'm not trying to do it on that, but like honestly, has there been anyone that big and that skilled? No, like for real, like Zach, like you said, Zach Eady's not just big. That man is skilled. Left shoulder, right shoulder. He can pass. Like he, he is a really good basketball and you can't send him to the free throw line because he makes free throws. Like that's damn near an unstoppable player. So I'm not mad at that take. You up his minutes, you basically just up the production. It's not the production is going to fall off. Well, and not even up the production. Like if you upped his minutes on this team, of course you'd up his production, but like, I like imagine a team that doesn't have to feed Jaden Ivy on the floor with it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I know Ivy does a lot of good things and he's not a selfish player, but like next year when Zach Eadie's on the floor, every single play is going to go to Zach Eadie every single time. Yes. 28 minutes a game. And he'll, he'll average 34 and 14 and he'll be the likes of things we've never seen before. I want to be on record with that right now. I love the dude. Uh, and that's enough Purdue love. I feel like, I, I don't feel good doing that. Doesn't feel good. Um, they, they, they earned it today. They earned it today. Should we get to what the people came for, Cart? Uh, I'm scared to actually ask, because I think I know what they came for, but you love to switch shit up on me. No, it's just Braden over it. Oh, okay. I, you, lo- you love to, like, like you, you know, you want to give them what they came for, Carter? I just came with a game, and I have stats. <laughs> Like that's the type of shit you would do to me. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you do want, if we want to break down stats, we can talk more about Max Christie's top 75 splits. If you want, you're such a dick. All right. Yes, I'm ready for the Braden Norris interview. I'm ready for. I think Braden is a all sleeper starter five. I think he's RPG. Johnny Juzang's on that team for sure, and Zach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was so it's Edie at center, Norris at point, 
Probably Dude. both Johnnies, honestly. Wait, honestly, should we just get Norris and Wendell Green in the same backcourt? Just give it up defensively? No, it doesn't work. Damn it. Doesn't work. It doesn't work. I mean, I like where you're going for it. I would go – I'll go one of two ways. We either need, we definitely need to have Edie, Juzang, and Norris. We can either fill the other two spots with a set of brothers, a.k.a. Chris and Keegan Murray, or we can fill it with another Johnny and then a fourth player. Give me the Murray brothers. Okay. So then we lose Johnny Davis, but that's fine. He's not about the vibes. Yeah, he's not. About the, we already we got our Johnny. Also, I, I don't think I ever said this to you. I said it somewhere else, though. If we could combine Iowa and Wisconsin this year, I legitimately think they could win a national title, and their team would be uh, Johnny Davis, Jordan Davis, Keegan Murray, Chris Murray, and the two McCaffreys. That's their six-man rotation. I think that team could win a national title. I think you're high because Jordan Davis stinks. But isn't Keegan, Chris Murray, the good McCaffrey, and Johnny Davis good enough? Johnny Davis and Keegan Murray on the same team. Are we that sold on the McCaffreys? I'm that sold on Johnny Davis and Keegan Murray. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That part, but I don't, the vibes are off because we got Jordan Davis out there. I just, I wish we could combine that. I want a, a six man rotation of three sets of brothers with, uh, I don't know, Greg Gard and his brother coaching or something. It'd be great. I can't believe we're giving Greg Gard, Greg Gard credit on this podcast. What is a it weird year? From? Okay. It's a weird year. Everything is backwards. Uh, yeah. We'll leave it at that. Let's get to Braden Norris, but uh, can you do an on the fly ad read quickly? <laughs> Ever wanted to place a bet? Ever wonder where to go? We got you all linked up. Dimers.com backslash sleepers. We got all the sports books. They just recently added DraftKings. I know all of our listeners in New York, they just finalized that it's legal now. So I know none of y'all have the apps. Go head over there. Dimers.com backslash sleepers. They got free bets. They got all types of promos, odd boosts. It's easy. All you got to do is just download the app right there through the link that we give you. I think we'll put it in this bio because that's what Greg should do. And I know he always does it because he's the best, best podcast co-host of all time, if you didn't know. But yeah, head over to Dimers, throw on some free bets. If you need some bets, Greg's been hot with the daily picks. Another 3-0 day today, by the way. Congrats. Play my music! Play his music. We got you, man. Just go ahead and deposit some money, win some money with us, and uh, also put a little Put a little money in our pockets as well. All right. Presenting Loyola Chicago's Braden Norris. All right. We are here with Loyola Ramblers point guard Braden Norris, one of our favorite players in the country. You've heard us talk about it. Uh, the first time that we've had a player from Loyola on the show. So, Braden, thank you for being here, man. I know you're on the road right now cutting some extra time out for us we really appreciate it yeah appreciate you uh guys having me on of course uh you know Braden, if you do listen to some of our former episodes we are pretty 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 big fans of yours and i'm not afraid to admit that and now you're now in the top 25 officially as of this morning i know it probably doesn't feel any different but you know how's that feel to finally get that recognition and uh, you know get the the love from the ap poll and be in the top 25 yeah i mean as you said like it really doesn't change much for us um we haven't really even addressed it as a team. It's it's something that we kind of expected, you know, not to sound, you know, arrogant or cocky or anything, but, you know, that's just how we feel. You know, we, we feel like we're a top 25 program. 
Um, and, you know, I, I know Crut, Crut left and everything, but, you know, that's just how we feel. But uh, And then coming into the season, we kind of felt disrespected uh, a little bit with the, you know, we got voted second in the preseason conference poll. And then, you know, we thought we should begin recognition for top 25, you know, just to begin the year and obviously earlier. So, uh, you know, we expected to be here and hopefully we can keep climbing. So I want to I want to ask you about that. You were picked second, as you mentioned. You guys are obviously aware of that fact, which uh, I can already sense, like maybe that's a little bit extra added motivation just going into this. But I mean, why why do you think that is? Loyola, to me, has pretty clearly been the best. I think the best mid-major program in the country for the last four years. And is it just the fact, hey, new head coach and Cameron Crutwig's gone and people overlooked you guys? I think that's exactly what it is, honestly. Um, whenever you have someone like Porter Moser leave the program, obviously, you know, to the public, that that's a really big deal. And it, obviously it was a big deal to us. But, uh, you know, we had a great replacement in Drew Valentine. And, you know, he's just taking this program to another level. And then obviously when you you, you got a guy like Cam Crutwig, who was a All-American last year, I mean, that, that speaks for itself. So, you know, again, like to the public, I, I guess I understand why they're a little concerned, but, you know, once we got everybody on campus and we got Ryan and Chris Knight and then our whole freshman class, like we knew we, we were even going to be better this year. So we hear like so many things about Loyola. I mean, first of all, the Ramblers men's basketball, social media guy, whoever y'all got, he puts up some fire content, yeah. some great stuff on there. It, I mean, anyone who's watching that has to want to play for Loyola. When you transferred there a couple of years ago, like what appealed to you about Loyola? Because, I mean, when you transferred, it wasn't, you know, people people knew about Loyola, but they didn't necessarily know about them like they do now. What was that transition like from Oakland to Loyola? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, the only thing I knew about Loyola was obviously 2018 Final Four. I had no idea that they won a national championship in the past and whatnot in their history um, in college basketball. But they were actually, when I transferred, one of the last schools who contacted me. And when I got on the phone, Drew called me first and then Coach Moser second. And, like, the energy that those two had was just different than any other coach that I talked to. So I knew right away, like, I, this, that was a place I wanted, I wanted uh, to take a visit on. And then when I took the visit, you know, I, I was around the guys. Clay, Clay was still there. Um, obviously, Luke. A lot of the guys that are here now and I just fell in love with it and it was my first time being in Chicago so driving down Lakeshore for the first time you know <laughs> doesn't doesn't hurt um but yeah I mean like I think a lot of people use the word culture just because you know that's just a term everyone throws around but like it's real here like it is it is a real thing and that and that's a big reason you know why we're so successful. So I want to I want to go back mentally to this would have been 2020 maybe fresh, like January, 2020, uh, Carter and I actually took a little road trip. It was our first time at a Loyola game after Drew had gotten the assistant job there. Um, and we, he took us in, we got to see the, the practice facility, all that. And this was like a Saturday morning, maybe. Um, I think it was hours before the game was going to tip off that afternoon. And this was the year that you were off. You took the year off from the transfer, right? So yep. we, come, we come in, we're thinking there's nobody there. It's pretty early. Uh, he showed us the weight room. We're walking through, seeing all the facilities. And by the time we get into the gym, we see you on the gun at one end of the gym 
And like, uh, we brought our hoop shoes. We were going to just get some shots up. So we did on the opposite end of the court. But while like we're doing that, yeah, I'm sure you don't remember this because we're just too goofy. I think right? I do. I'm not gonna lie. I think I remember. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, well, I'm going to say I remember because I looked down the opposite end of the court and I don't know if you missed in like an hour that you were in there. So our, we, Carter and I left and like our wives are like, hey, how was that? And we're like, I mean, we saw the next big thing. In the gym. <laughs> that was the big thing for us. So I guess like, what was that year off for you like? Like, I'm assuming there were probably quite a few early mornings like that where you were getting in the gym. Yeah, I was, I was in the gym a lot that year. I mean, that was, that was the only thing I could do. I couldn't play any games, um, obviously. But uh, that year was huge for me. I think a lot of people, you know, when they hear the term redshirt, it's a negative thing. Kind of, okay, you're not ready to play. And I know I technically had to redshirt because of NCAA rules. But uh, that year, I would not be the player I am today without that year. Um, just to have a year to work out, to sit back and watch the game and learn. Uh, it, it was huge for me and in my career. Yeah, that's that's not a bad place to get shots up or get working either. That gym is nice, man. You got like the windows with the natural light coming in. Like you, that, I, I'm a Michigan dude, so like I know about Oakland's arena and everything and nice facilities. But Loyola's facilities are crazy. Yeah, different for sure. Also, fun fun story. Well, not fun. Almost a scary story. No one knows this except for me and Carter, though. By the way, uh, I almost killed Tate Hall that morning. No, no, no. It was Cooper. Cooper Case. Oh, it was. Yeah, you're right. It was Cooper Cave. Yeah. Sorry. I thought it was Tate. Really? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, yeah. We're, we were walking out of the facility and there's like, uh, you'll probably know, but in there's like some classroom type stuff and there's the big, big, big stairwell. And for some reason, I was like holding my phone like and holding onto the rail with the same hand and my phone dropped. It felt like four stories shattered the phone, but it landed like six inches from Cooper really? Cave's head. And Cooper just looks up like, what the hell and he was nice enough he picked up the pieces and handed them to me so yeah shout out to cooper Cafus for that one but no, no that was my roommate that probably woke him up he was probably still sleeping <laughs> <laughs> there you go um all right so you you mentioned clay too right a guy who uh even the casual viewer knows from the run that loyola had uh and he was no stranger to big moments along that run I know Loyola fans, and he means a ton to that program. Um, he spent a year on the staff as well. So I, there's got to be comparisons. I'm sure you've heard that before. But especially now as you're kind of shining in the clutch here, I, how often do you hear that comparison? And, and how much truth do you think there is to, to you playing like Clayton Custer did? Yeah, I don't hear it. I, I heard it more often like when I first came. And I was a redshirt, and like people really didn't know my game. Um, that's that's when I heard it the most. I really don't hear it anymore. But you know, Clay. I mean, his career speaks for itself. You don't really have to talk much. I mean, great player, Missouri Valley Player of the Year in 2017, and then his the run that he had in the tournament that year is was incredible. But uh, you know, I I guess I didn't haven't watched enough of them to say like how our games are similar and whatnot. But uh. I mean, it's uh, I like when people compare us too because he has such a good career. So I kind of take that as a compliment. Can Can he guard you? <laughs> I, well, of course I'm going to say no, but you would say, <laughs> I mean, say the same thing, though. He would say the same exact thing. Yeah, I, I had I had to get that on record just so just so you know. But uh, you know, you you talked a little bit about you know 
the committed to the culture thing and you're a basketball player, you know, like a lot of schools talk about culture, like, oh yeah, we got this great culture. We're establishing a culture here, but it really truly, even on the outside looking in, seems like with your program that you guys really truly have a group of guys, staff, everybody involved that is just, you know, committed to the culture. Just talk about kind of what that, what that means when you guys say committed to the culture. It's just committed to like what we believe and our values that we hold in the program. And it's not just on the court, it's off the court. You know, Drew's always on us about our grades. And I guess that's kind of cliche in a way, but like it's it's kind of a team rule that you should get a beer higher in, in the classroom. And if you don't, like, there's gotta be a good reason, you know, like if you're getting extra tutoring, tutoring, whatnot, but like just approaching everything the same way, whether that's on the court, off the court, uh, being a good person, you know, on campus, in the community, and then on the court, you know, just getting in the work, putting in the extra time, coming into practice every day with the same mindset, same winning mindset, and, you know, we have a saying in the locker room, not a saying, but a sign that says our standards, and under that is just a list of all the years we've won regular season championships, uh, turn, conference tournament championships, and then NCAA appearance, appearances, Sweet 16, all that, NIT. And so, you know, that's our standard. Our standard here is to win championships, to win rings. And, you know, it's not just conference championships anymore. It's, you know, our goal is to win the national championship. And uh, <clears throat> we work towards that every day. Yeah, I want, I want the people listening to this to know, like, I, I hope no one did a double take when they hear that because this is a legitimate top 25 team. Like, if you're not getting the vibes from Braden enough just talking about it, like, flip it on, watch this team, watch what they've been, uh, go look up the highlights from the last four years, but then realize the amount of talent that this group has. Because to me, like, th this team is – all the the roots of what made the last four years special for Loyola are there, but you can tell there's something special with this group. And it's the mix of the, the four super seniors coming back with the two transfers in that you added – with the way you're playing, like it, it's just a special group. And it almost feels like you guys are hungry, especially with, with Drew in his first year. I think like it's, it's palpable as you watch you guys play. Uh, so I have, I have a theory. Okay. You got to check me on this because I'm sure this is wrong, but I got to at least throw this at you. So you've had three straight games that have been dicey, right? Yeah. And you guys have made all the clutch plays, but here's my theory. The first one against Bradley. I mean, that was just a good back and forth game from what I saw. Lucas went crazy in overtime. He had 10 points in the final two minutes of that game. Yep. My theory now is that you and Lucas have a little thing going on where you want to say like, oh, I can outdo your 10 points in two minutes because the next two games, Braden, like you, you made the three to tie in OT against Valpo to send it to double overtime. Then you made three threes in double overtime. And then next game against Indiana State, it's a one-point game with a minute and a half left. You score seven points in the final minute and a half. You end up winning the game by eight. So, like, tell me I'm wrong there. Is that not just a little, like, you versus Lucas say who can get more clutch? Nah, it's, it's nothing like that. I, I will say, though, it was funny. Uh, when I hit the three against Indiana State, after the game, he came up to me. He's like, just so you know, if you weren't going to shoot that, I was going to shoot shoot it. You passed it to me because he was like <laughs> one more right to my left. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I figured. But uh, no, nah, there's there's nothing going on behind the scenes. <laughs> Man, so I, I need to know, like in these moments when you're doing that and, you know, you come across even right now on the podcast, just like cool, calm, collected. Like what 
what rattles Braden Norris? Like, is it because it, it doesn't seem to be anything basketball wise? You like scared of spiders or something? Like, how, how, how do you, how does one rattle you? I would say the ocean. <laughs> okay, well, you ain't got to deal with that on the basketball course. So I guess you're good. That, you know, the sharks and everything like that. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's the ocean. <laughs> oh, yeah. But the hoop probably looking like an ocean to you with the way you were doing it in double OT the other day. So, um, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll keep a couple short, quick ones for you. Who, I, I guess, growing up, did you watch a lot of college basketball? Were you an NBA guy? Obviously, you watched basketball, I assume, but what was yeah. your uh, I would say I'm more NBA. I still kind of am more NBA than, than college. I like to watch the best do what they do. So that's, who, are your, who are your guys? Who would you say your favorite players are? Anybody you model your game after, anything like that? Uh, my favorite player, I'm from Ohio, so it's got to be LeBron. You know, he's, he's my GOAT. He's my GOAT. Um, but, right, like smart Steph man, Curry. Smart man. <laughs> Steph Curry um, is someone that I love to watch. I'm not sure it's, it's good for anybody to model their game after Steph because, <laughs> you know, only Steph can do what Steph does. But I think, like, smaller guards in the league, uh, Jalen Brunson, Fred Van Vliet. I've watched a lot of Fred Van Vliet with our coaching staff, actually. And learning from those uh, smaller, not as not as athletic guards, um, you know, can benefit can benefit me a lot. And those are the guys I, I like to watch. For sure. And Greg, I know you put on the sheet here that you want me to ask this question, but I really think you have to ask this question. I don't want okay, I'm I, I'm gonna ask it. So we we were on the the field of sixty eight after dark the other day and uh luckily carter and i get to do that show from time to time together and we got to talking you and loyola because this was uh i believe it was the night of the indiana state win um and our our colleague kevin sweeney from sports illustrated who i know is also he's seen you guys behind the scenes he had a quote on the show where he was talking about how everybody on loyola was gassed they just really really tired tired legs shooting the ball and uh, after the game, you told him that, you know, you felt none of that. You were fresh. You could shoot as much as you want. And he asked Drew after the game, like, is that true? And Drew was like, no, the entire team was dead. <laughs> so Sweeney, Sweeney made the statement that you looked like after playing, you know, 45 minutes or whatever it was in that game, that you looked like you could either go to a frat party or you could go to the library and do business homework. So my question to you is, which one of those two would you be more likely to do right after that Indiana State victory? Uh, I'm going to I'm going to say, you know, go to the library and do <laughs> just just for the people that might uh, be watching this, including Drew. So that's that's my answer. Smart man. Very smart, very smart man but, but we we truly know that we you know yeah you, you you did mention that you've never been to chicago and i've been to chicago chicago's a that's a that's a great place it's a good spot yeah it's a good spot. Great. we uh yeah we've we've had our fair share of running with division one basketball <laughs> players in in the city and some some on game day cart some not loyola players but some who shot not. Not on game day um <laughs> Cart, let's uh let's wrap this up with uh our specialty, our shot clock segment. So we'll we'll put you on the clock here, Braden. We'll time you with uh let's go 45 seconds for this one. Cart, right. I, I will time you and you ask Braden the questions if you're good with that. Okay, I'm all good. Braden, you ready? All ready. All right. Go ahead. Good. All right. If you get an NIL deal with any company, any brand, who are you getting it with? Nike. Who's the best player on Loyola? Lucas. 
Who's the most underrated player on Loyola? Tay Hall. Who's the toughest player that you guarded this year? This year. Uh, I got this quick. <laughs> uh, I'll say s- someone from Auburn. Anyone from Auburn. Okay. Best spot to eat out of Chicago? Uh, I'll go deep dish, Giordano's. All right. And last, favorite musical artist? Uh, Drake. Okay, and man, my man, my boy, Braden. All right, CLB or Donda? You're picking CLB, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, now what's, what's no, your... we got to follow up. Now I'm gonna say, what's your favorite Drake song? Favorite Drake song? We've had this discussion so many times off camera, Braden. That like, I don't think you knew that you were gonna trigger us with this one, but <laughs> no, there's there's almost like too many to like choose from. Okay, best Drake album? Can we go there? I like this last one. I'm not going to lie. CLB. Brandon, he's, he's just when I thought you couldn't be my favorite player anymore. You just, you see the vision. You see the vision. CLB's a classic. People need to sit on it. Let it marinate. No doubt. It's top three. It's top three. I'll give you top three. I'm still, I'm nothing was the same personally, but. Okay. I mean, they're all good though. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. All hits, no misses. for the right. folk. <laughs> uh, Braden, uh, clearly you can tell we're, we're even bigger fans of yours after this interview. So thank you for doing it. He's probably terrified. He's going to go back to Drew. Like, can you please never have your friends questions <laughs> again? Uh, this, this, is, this is better like than your normal interview. It's, it's relaxed. You know, it's, I like it. All right, good. That's that's what we that's what we try to go for because yeah. I feel like you you know you you're always going to get like those those very straight up forward interviews. We try yeah. not to do yeah. all that. Yeah. Well, hey, hey, I promise you keep hitting big shots. We'll keep asking for more laid back interviews like this. With right. you. Good. good luck the rest of the season, Brandon. We'll be watching for you, man. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you, bro. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks. That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.